Hey, this is Isaiah Nelson. This is something I would like to call the Forever Learning, a.k.a. Forever Growing Podcast. Now, I'm going to jump straight into this thing. Um, with me having kids with special needs, and even if you don't have kids with special needs, you could probably still relate to some of the things I'm about to say. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, this is about keeping a structured home when you have kids with special needs. This is something I'm still trying to learn today. So I'm not speaking from an expert um, point of view because my kids are still young. Uh, my son Isaiah is seven. My daughter Zari is five. So every year, I mean, if not every five or six months, it changes where I have to constantly update and, and renew on how I structure my home. It's not always perfect. I make a lot of mistakes when I'm in trying to structure my home and structuring myself first so I can structure my home. But excuse me, it's something that I have to do um, because of the things that run through my mind as far as, you know, trying to survive and live because you got to live more than you try to survive. Okay. Because if you just trying to survive your whole life, that means you're stressed. You know, you living from nickel to nickel and anxiety to another anxiety. So I'm learning how to live more. Um, uh, the things run through my mind as far as me and my wife's health, even my son and my daughter, they're getting older and it's a blessing seeing them get older, but the older they get. All right. It's like, you know, the more and more, um, I think about, what they're going to go through as they become young adults, teenagers, grown adults, things of that nature. Even my son, with him having his meltdowns, I always think about, okay, what if he get grown and he still have these meltdowns and he can't really speak um, very well and he's only saying a few words and then a cop may think that he's trying to uh, attack him and then he end up shooting my son and, and possibly killing my son because he misunderstand him. You know, it was this... One guy who has autism, I may get the details wrong because this, I heard about this a couple of years ago, but he left out the house and he was roaming in somebody's backyard at night. And I believe that somebody recognized him and took him back home. Well, that's not always the case, especially being a black man. Okay. And shoot, even a black woman, <laughs> um, you know, somebody could have felt like this person trying to break in my house and could have shot him. The cop could have rolled up and shot him. You know, they they don't know if that person is autistic or not. A lot of people is not educated on that. He was even a guy that used to live across the street from me and my wife. And I don't know what condition he had, but developmentally and mentally, um, he it was definitely something going on. Um, He would just stare at you all day and he would walk up to you like, you know, we got this space where if you pass that space it's danger zone and it would throw a lot of us off. It threw me off in the beginning. And it's funny, I feel like that's why my kids have certain special needs to have me see things outside of these two lenses of mine because there are seven eyes. Because, like, having kids that have special needs, it have me look at life from a different perspective. Like, it's not always the norm and everything is not always, you know, average. There's different type of purposes. Because I met uh, a young man at my job and I knew it. Right then and there, he had autism because autism don't have a look, but autism has a vibe. And he walked real close up to me. He started talking to me and I can tell by his literal speaking and his energy that he had autism. And the only reason why I knew that is because <laughs> both of my kids have autism. But what if both of my kids didn't have autism? And that's the power of studying, because when you study, you don't always have to experience something to know something. But anyways, these are just all the things that like run through my mind 
Okay, like I said, uh, uh, me and my wife's health, um, you know, providing, um, getting it right with my kids. You know, I get things wrong with them a lot of the time. Even with me learning them better, I still get things wrong. I'm still forever learning, forever growing in that. And I need to get that out of my system. How can a house get clean if it never gets dirty? So I got to get all of that out of my system so I so the, so the spiritual universe can work with me. Because the only way the spiritual universe can work with you is when you're humble. Because sometimes we feel with so much ego. But anyways, um, that's why I feel like with all the things that run through my mind, I have to keep myself structured and I have to keep my home structured. And the main reason why I got to keep my home structured is because when you have kids with autism in particular, some of them have an issue with transitioning. They don't know how to really transition well. Okay, so... Zari, definitely my daughter have a difficult time with transitioning and my son, Isaiah, have a difficult time with transitioning as well. OK, but excuse me. Um, With Zari, it's not to the point to where me and my wife got to go down to the school with Isaiah. Me and my wife have to go down, have to come down to the school. And I realized that a lot of the times I had my issues because it was hard for me to transition myself get it like my kids is having a difficult time transitioning and that leads me to have to transition and keep a flexible schedule and it's difficult for me to do that because i want to work and pay bills 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 this is what i want to do this is this is what i'm used to and now i can't do that and it's frustrating when okay i'm on this path and my daughter get brain cancer then I, I try to get used to that and I start going out again, doing the same thing I was doing before. And then she passed away from brain cancer and I got to stop again. And then when I feel like I'm getting back on my feet, then both of our kids have autism. And then when I try to get back on my feet with that, then they start going through issues as they get older where I have to trans, you know, transition again. And what I learned was every time, because everything has a purpose, man, like every time I try to do things the way I want to do it, and it gets frustrating. Trust me, it gets annoying. That's when the issue occur. Once I start realizing that we are here to flow with the universe, we are one with the universe. When the wind blows, everything that's outside blows with it. When things or people try to blow against it, you know what happens. Okay? Because especially when that wind is blowing hard. So, you know, again, those that's one of the things that I learned. Once I open up, my mind to be flexible and go along with what's going on. And that don't mean I can't accomplish my purpose. That don't mean I can't accomplish my passion, but kind of do it in a different type of way and keep my schedule open and flexible. Things became more easier. I'll give you a perfect example. I made it a habit of telling my wife what I can't do before I even test the waters. Every time my schedule had to change because of situations with our kids, I will automatically just think I, I wasn't going to be able to do it. And then I would have to sit back and the spirit would have to get on me as a spiritarian. And then when I would ask, guess what? I would get the schedule that I need. Because we the one that set up our schedules to be flexible that way. All right. So and even if you're a single parent, you know, or if, if you and the other parent is not together. Because let's just be real. In a lot of situations where you have kids with special needs, the parents are apart. It's all about that teamwork. It's all about working together 
and is is not jumping to conclusions like what I was doing, saying what I can't do without testing the waters, okay, and realizing that I can do that. All I got to look, the energy understands what I need. The universe understands what I need. So even if you're a single parent or both the parents is not together, it's all about, okay, let me find a schedule okay, that fits my life where I can work and I can provide and I can pay bills and then I can still be there for my child. And like I said, I'm speaking only for myself. A lot of the times when I have issues is when I don't want to do a certain thing. Okay. Because of my pride. Okay. It's when I want to keep doing what I was used to doing. And it's also not understanding spiritual wealth. What is spiritual wealth? Spiritual wealth is not really what a job can give you or what that LLC, your own business can give you. It's what you give that job is what you give that LLC. That is the reason why you are successful in what you do. So when we sitting around and we saying a job is why I got this is why I got this without this job or without this independent business. I'm, 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 I'm just done. I'm finished. I'm, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. That makes it more difficult for you to structure yourself, structure your home and then structure your kids. So now you're taking your anger out on everybody else. OK, once you realize that spiritual wealth is not about what a job can give you. It's about how you can elevate and continue to maneuver and bring resources in. Then you'll be OK. It's like I don't think about what a job can give me. I think about how much money I got to make this week and that week or this month. Because either way it goes, whether the job let me go or rather my independent business reduce in finances that's the purpose of networking, even doing this podcast and meeting different people. That's spiritual wealth. You don't, it's not always getting paid in money. It's getting paid in referrals and people connecting the dots and, and, and giving you certain resources. I open up the floodgates, whether it's government assistance, whatever the couponing. Like I didn't understand couponing in the beginning until I realized I didn't have to buy detergent and diapers and dishwashing liquid for a whole damn year. Because my wife was killing it in the um, couponing. That's spiritual wealth. You know, finding these part-time jobs, okay, to where your schedule can be more flexible. Spiritual wealth is communicating with the person that's helping you with your child or communicating with your husband or your wife or whoever is raising the kids with special needs together. And it's all for the betterment because money and wealth, I mean, I'm sorry, not wealth, but money and riches and making money and all of that. That's why people make it. As far as a lot of money and they still miserable, they still can't raise their kids. They still have issues going on for the most part because they're missing that spiritual wealth. Spiritual wealth helps you communicate and it's not all good. You know, the Bible says that, it, <laughs> that everything works out for the good, but that doesn't mean it's all going to be good. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is, is that even with gaining your spiritual wealth, there's still going to be issues in a way, but you will understand the purpose of good communication and not settling or not just depending and crutching on one thing. There's resources everywhere. Just because I'm getting government assistance, it does not mean that I'm just depending on the government. I'm in school. Okay. I do other independent things. I'm working hard. It's just like if you got your kids on pharmaceutical, um, pharmaceutical medicine, a lot of parents that have their kids on that, they wing them off. OK, like they don't need this anymore. They probably never needed it in the first place. So, again, that's understanding spiritual wealth is that you can have the schedule and the flexibility that you need. The difficult part that I go through with spiritual wealth 
is the constant changing. We all go through that. Technology keep changing. Okay, the chemicals they put in food keep changing. Now I gotta eat this and I gotta eat that. You know, the the, the um um the, my kids keep changing. We keep changing. All right, so that's the issue. It's not that we can't flow along with it. It's like when you think about music. Music is always music. But what changes is the platform. First is on a tape, then a CD, then on an iPhone. But the principle of it is still the same. It's still music. So we can still sway in different avenues. It's just I'm just being honest. The difficult part about spiritual wealth um, is um, the constant changing that we have to go through. But difficult situations proves my greatness. And our greatness. What do great mean? Let me look up great. <laughs> Excuse me. Because, you know, every now and then I like to pull up some evidence of what I'm talking about. So give me a minute. The meaning of greatness. This is what great means. Is of an extent, amount, or intensity considerably above the normal or average. It's large. It's broad. It's extensive. It's gigantic. It's vast. It's huge. It's enormous. So basically what that means is. Is that whenever we have kids with special needs, whenever we're going through something a little bit more extra than an average person, and we're just maneuvering through it, we're making our mistakes, we're learning from it, and we're growing, that's proving our greatness. That's proving how great we are. All right. As a matter of fact, that's putting us at our greatest point. All right. Now, I didn't say you perfect in it and you don't get frustrated in it. I'm just saying, like, you just keep going and you just keep pushing. All right. And you just you just keep learning. A wise man said you are only great or at your greatest when you can do without. You know, it's easy when you to kind of go through life and be successful, whatever successful means um, when you have kind of like average problems, average situations, a couple of hiccups here and there where it's not average. But for the most part, pretty smooth life. And I'm not minimizing your struggles. A struggle is a struggle. But what I'm trying to say is. Is that that's like with me. I know some parents that's dealing with kids that have bipolar, autism, schizophrenia. Like I'm not on that level of greatness because they're fighting and in, 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 in building through all of that. So I'm humble enough to to know that. OK, so it's when you can do without without the norm, without the normal things that's coming your way. You're going through an enormous, massive amount of challenges and sacrifices that you have to make. You just still keep fighting through it, keep fighting through it, because a lot of us is becoming great in what we do when people are throwing stones at us and putting us down. OK, but what about when it's not you, it's the people you are around where you have to sacrifice what you do for the betterment of everybody else? Because some people, they're sacrificing, but they're not stopping their personal ego passion. But what if you got to set your passion to the side? And it's not that you can't do it. That's like with me. I still do my music, but I went from doing more secular music to now doing more music and spoken word with a purpose. OK, I went from doing certain things that was kind of explicit and low vibration to now doing things that represents more activism. OK, and that's more spiritual. And that's hard for a lot of people to do. Okay. That's like you saying, 
I'm going to be in the NFL, I'm going to be in the NBA, and then you have to switch up what you're doing because of an injury or because somebody in your family gets sick, and you can still be a coach. You can still, you know, do different things in sports, but you ain't willing to do it because you want that, you want that first passion. So again, that proves your greatness when you can maneuver your passion, take yourself out of it, because a lot of our passions, we're talking about us, we want people to believe and listen and buy into us, but now your passion has turned into a purpose of for everybody else, all of us, we got to build and forever and forever grow with one another. It's bigger than one person. So again, flexible schedule, teamwork, communicate. How can I switch my schedule? Schedule. Understanding spiritual wealth. Look at the resources that's out there. You know, it's funny. People be asking me all the time at my part-time job, what do you do? They, they be wondering, how do I pay my bills? Like spiritual wealth, man. Spiritual wealth. Now I want to take it to a higher level where I can vacate more with my family, where I can save more. But a spiritual wealth, I honestly, is not a formula for it. It's like um taking magic mushrooms or taking the toad and people can't explain it sometimes. They can explain certain parts, but not all of it. The resources that's out there, the networking, all that. You know what I'm saying? People get things donated to them. All right, people, I don't know why people put down GoFundMe accounts. I don't care if you do have damn uh, life insurance. Put up the damn GoFundMe account. Get all the resources that you need. You're not using nobody. You're dealing with death. All right. Or if you're dealing with a child with like special needs and you're using your words, your talent, your gift. Okay. To uh, provide even my LLCs that I have. One of the LLC that I have or, you know, um, it really helped out when my daughter was sick. So it's keeping your home structured and keeping that flexible schedule. That's another thing that spiritual wealth taught me and my kids having special needs where I have to keep a flexible schedule. It has forced me to be more of an independent thinker and not depend on a job or one independent business or what one person can give me. I mean, I've never looked at so many other resources in my life. And it gets stressful sometimes because sometimes you want to just get your resource through one thing. But what if that one resource is cut off? Then what the hell are you going to do? So if I have elements in all directions, if I have experience, if I have networking, if I have degrees, if I have a trade, if I have my LLC, if I understand business, me going to school can teach me how to better run my independent business. If the independent business running slow, my experience and my degrees can can put me in a position where even if I don't want to be at the job, I know this is just a temporary thing. Okay, to provide resources, that's spiritual wealth. You're not depending on one thing, even if you got to be at a job for a long time. Okay, you still keep your mind flexible and your home structured because you know at any moment when it becomes too much, when it's too much for you to handle, when your kids need you, you know when to cut it off. All right, because you can go on other avenues and find those other resources. Easier said than done, but it's been happening for years. Because I used to be one track minded. Now I see that what, what faith and spiritual wealth and being a spiritarian can take you. Because I need a flexible schedule, man. I need it. I need to be around so my wife can get a rest and I can watch the kids. So I can start seeing some of the things that my kids is doing. Now moving on, I want to get on structuring your home. Everybody have their own opinion. Whether it's about abuse and I'm about to get on that real quick. The meaning of abuse, because, again, 
Sometimes we cannot structure our home properly because we want to be too perfect. And remember, everything may work out for the good, but that doesn't mean it's all going to be good. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That's nature. Sometimes it has, to, it has to be a thunderstorm. So what they say when it rains, something's being washed away. Something is being rid of. Okay. And when it rains, it pours. It ain't going to play with you. So to get a structure home, sometimes you got to be that thunderstorm. You understand what I'm saying? I never forget. Um, my my wife told me that um, her sister-in-law, her sister got tired of her uh, two kids fighting and arguing all the time. And she just flipped the hell out one time. And after that, they didn't argue anymore. Sometimes that's what it takes. I need my home structure. I, I tried to be nice. I tried to do this in a functional way. <laughs> You know, you know, God gave us anger for a reason, you know, but it's all about using it in the right way. You know, it's not like she was knocking her kids across the room or busting their eyes out their sockets or throwing them in the oven. OK, that karma came out. Look, y'all doing this and this is the reaction. But anyways, abuse is to use something in a bad effect or a bad purpose to misuse. So I'm pissed off. I'm mad. I'm angry. Everybody getting it. Everybody. Because I'm mad. I'm pissed off. I got these rules and I know they don't make sense. But I'm a narcissist. Okay? Or, or a narcissist. Whatever you call the damn word. I know what the meaning is. I, so I don't, I don't have to get the word right. But again, everybody going to listen to what I say. They're going to listen to the rules that I lay out. And if they don't do it, it's going to be verbal abuse. It's going to be emotional abuse. It's going to be physical abuse. It's going to be something. Because I'm pissed and I'm mad. <laughs> and for you all that think abuse is not in your language, listen carefully. Because once I explain some of these meanings, you may fall in one of these categories. Actually, I think all of us fall in some of these categories. I talk about physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, neglective abuse. I may even talk about mental abuse. All right. And if we're committing some of these abuses, remember, Mistakes are only continuous mistakes when you never learn from it. We are forever growing. It's one thing to try to get better, but then there's another thing to know what you have to do and you refuse to do it. So with physical abuse, when you look at what abuse means, I just said it. Pissed off, I'm mad. You don't know the strength that you have. And every time you 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 touch your kids, it's marks and bruises, limbs broken eyes busted because it's not about that child you're not allowing that child to make mistakes you make mistakes and that's one thing i had to learn react last see what's going on first okay you won't allow your kids to be human you're just attacking them and that beating that you're putting off into them is the anger and the frustration that you're going through that we all going through because we need to stop lying only way we gonna heal is if we be honest to ourselves I don't care if we don't have kids. All of us have verbally said some things, physically did some things, emotionally, mentally did some damn things to where it was other things that was going on and we took it out on our loved one. Because I know it's been times I verbally abused my mother and I had to karma while I suffer for that. Okay, because of the anger and the frustrations I was going through. So we all do it. We just got to channel and know what it is. 
Okay, so you may say, I don't hit my kids, but some people will cuss their kids out in a minute. Excuse my French. Some of these parents say, fuck you. I'll beat your motherfucking, I, I'll beat your motherfucking ass. I saw one mother, she told her child, if he don't sit the fuck down, she gonna knock his fucking eyes out and bust his teeth out. Now, he was getting up and acting out, but again, I think it's more than just him getting up over and over again. It's other things that's going on with her that 50% of it is him and the other 50% is what I'm going through. So I'm taking that out on you. All right. So like I said, they say sticks and stones don't, well, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't believe that. Words are spells. Words have power. Okay, we listen to words when we listen to speeches. We listen to words when we listen to music. We listen to words when we listen to speeches. We listen to words. When we are sitting and talking to a therapist or venting to a friend, we talk about more what a person have said than more than what a person have did as far as with their hands, if not evenly. So again, verbal abuse. I explain what that is. Let's talk about emotional abuse. Because let's just say that, okay, you don't cuss your kids out and all that, but you emotionally abuse your kids. That means, it goes back to that narcissist, being a narcissist. I'm going to use my kids to get what I want. I'm going to use my kids to get back at their mama, their daddy, their grandma, their grandpa. When I get mad at them, they can't see my kids, they can't be around my kids, and if my kids don't listen to me, if my kids do not understand me, then I'm going to make them feel bad about it. Then when you love them, you're all up on them. Then when the kids ain't listening to you, now you're putting them down. Now the kid is confused. They want to impress you. They want to like you. They want to love you. But you pulling away, you're coming back. You're pulling away, then you come back. You're pulling away, then you're coming back. That's emotional abuse. Emotional abuse can be just as bad as verbal and physical abuse. Now let's get on neglective abuse. We already know what neglect means when you leave your child and, you know, uh, things, you know, things of that nature. But sometimes neglect can be a good thing because I'd rather for you to just leave and get yourself together. than keep sticking around and making it worse for me. That's why when my wife would work at group homes, some of the people that was in there with special needs. All right. Uh, that's why some of them were abused and they were traumatized because the people couldn't take care of them. But because their ego is in a way, because they feel like they can take care of them, they can be, you know, next to them. They, 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 or they doing it for like a paycheck. They just still sticking with them and then they abuse them and then they traumatize them and they torture them and all this other uh, cruel things. And that's why I have to keep a flexible schedule because I already lost my daughter. I don't want to lose my kids because I can't handle them. This is a daily battle that I go through every day. That's why I have to meditate. That's why I have to eat a certain way as a spiritarian. I can't worry about what other people are doing. I got to be mentally and physically strong because dealing with kids with special needs is not easy. But anyways, get back to neglect of abuse. I already talked about the neglect part. Now, let's get on parents that feel like they can't tell their kids anything and they let their kids do what they want to do. And it ain't right to be stern with them and to be firm with them and all of this other stuff. I never forget me and my wife saw this one mother at therapy. Cause her son have, you know, autism and she was just letting her son jump around. He hopping all on the couch. He hopping all on the table, just a nuisance. And she refused to do anything. As a matter of fact, she asked one of the teachers if they could do something. Okay. Anytime. First of all, I want to give this disclaimer. You discipline your kids based off their personality. 
Okay, what may work for this child may not work for that child. How I may discipline my son may not work with my daughter. How I discipline my daughter may not work with my son. Timeouts don't really work for my daughter. Okay, I don't really have to do a lot because my daughter don't like my stern voice. So she's she automatically, she's a rebel. She tries me. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't have to go through all that stern talking. What Isaiah is different. I have to use more meditations and sound bowls. I have to use my firm voice with him. I have to be firm with him. And I'm explaining later why. But to get back to the neglect of abuse, kids need to learn. They need to understand. Because just like kids are our mirrors and they are our karma, you also have to understand kids, they only go by a certain amount of senses. Every 10 years, every decade, for the most part, because I know sometimes it's different. Um, we turn a new youth. So we have to relearn. Kids, they really don't comprehend and they really don't understand why they have to do certain things. They don't. So when I get on them, it's not because um, um, I feel like they stupid or they don't get it. It's how you plant the seed. When you plant the seed, you don't go outside tomorrow and suspect that seed to be grown. You, you keep planting it. You water it. You check on it. So you kids have to learn that it's not all about them. They have to learn how to respect other people's space, how not to be intrusive. Okay, now this is not dedicated to the kids who have special needs that are so severe where they can't really function. They can't comprehend what's going on. So if you have kids with special needs to where they can't function with anything, all right, and they don't, they don't know what's going on, like they're out of it completely, this may not apply to you. But you have some kids with special needs. They know what's going on. They can comprehend what's going on. But you won't teach them how not to be intrusive and how to respect each other's spaces. I'll give you a perfect example. My daughter has a sensory disorder. When my son yell and scream and flip out like that, she gets startled. She starts crying. So I'm just going to sit there and just let him do that while she's crying and, and covering up her ears. No, I'm going to isolate him and teach him how not to do that around her. That's not making him feel bad. Even if he do feel bad, he has to respect her space. And the same thing with her. She has to respect his space. When she have, when she's getting overstimulated and she's yelling all across the house, screaming and hollering, we may be trying to rest or get some sleep. I have to tone that down. All right. It's all about learning respect because we all want the same respect. I have ADD. There are certain things I can't help, but I have to be coherent that some of the things I do affects my wife. I have to be disciplined because when I'm unorganized, when I'm stuck in my condition, my wife just sitting there because she don't want to hurt my feelings because I have ADD and she won't get on me and be firm with me at times based off my personality, though. And how I take things. You know what I'm saying? Because um, and, 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 I'm not saying she got to cuss me out and put me down. I'm just saying she's not disciplining my condition. Discipline is not a bad thing. It's structure. It's, it's teaching them how to be organized and self-sufficient. If she's not doing that, that's affecting her. We all have a special need. We all have something that's wrong with us. Okay? And we have to learn when we have a condition, we have to be taught, I should say, how, first of all, you got to understand my condition. You have to be more patient with me. 
That's the only difference is when we have a special need, we you have to be more patient with us. You can't react the way you will react with somebody that don't have that condition. But the, 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 the message is still the same. We have to, to keep a structured home, we have to learn how to correspond with each other. And I have to start when they're young because with them having autism, they're repetitive. So if I don't start now by teaching them how to respect each other's spaces, and how to isolate themselves when they're getting overstimulated and meditate. Then when they get older, they're going to be used to it. And that goes with me too, with how I react to it. Okay? And when you don't do that, you are committing neglect of abuse. You are neglecting to teach your child structure. That's not control. Control is not hearing you out. Not being fair. I go by three rules. Fair, firm, and consistent. I am consistent with what I do, but I change my consistencies because every year things change. My kids change. The world change. I'm fair. I have to be better at hearing them out. Listening and, and observing before reacting. But And then I have to be firm. I have to be firm. To keep a structured home. If you're not doing that, that's neglective abuse. You have some of these kids, some of these kids that will grow up and they can't take no for an answer. They can't listen to anybody because you never did it. I never did it because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay. Some things my kids ain't going to understand. When me and my wife come home and we need to get, take a little nap and we have to put them in their room. They don't understand that now. But we can't worry about that. That's not abuse. That's not neglecting. But letting them run around, teaching them that when they come home, they get to run around and mess up the house. They wake up, they get to run around and mess up the house. They're in their room, they get to overstimulate and kick things and break things. That's neglective abuse. We are neglecting them. Because we ain't doing nothing about it. Or the way that we're doing it, we don't want to break it. Because we don't want to be firm. Okay, because I'm starting to figure out the difference. Now, behavior come from something that's missing, but it's still a behavior issue because you have to know a better way to react. So when my wife is telling my son that he can't have a Swiss roll or have juice, he has to wait. And then he start flipping out. That's not autism. That's him being disobedient. I got to structure that. When I tell my daughter, just wait in her room for a minute. Let me get certain things together and I will give her her lunch. And then I go outside and she looks like a fugitive fork in the left hand, peanut butter on the right hand. I tell her to put it down and wait and go back to your room. She runs off like a fugitive running away from the police. We both pigeon toed. We both running through the house pigeon toed. I'm trying to catch her and get the fork and the peanut butter. That's not autism. When my son, who is a reincarnated energy of me because I'm a brat myself, he goes to school and he's jumping at the teacher, grabbing their hair, grabbing their chest, and then he's laughing about it. That's not autism. My wife even told the teacher, be a little bit more firm with him and let him know that's not okay. This is my body. This is my property. Like, you can't grab it and scratch it and touch it like that. And she said when she told him that, kind of like in a firm voice, but not too complicated, because, again, when you're autistic, sometimes you can't understand all the complicated sentences. That's something I still got to get better at. He calmed down and backed off and left her alone for the moment. 
And you may be listening to this, and you may say, okay, well, I ain't got to do, I ain't have to do this, and I ain't have to do that. And my st- my kids still grew up and was fine. Okay, cool. Even a broken clock is fixed twice a day. You got kids that was abused every other day, getting their teeth busted up, and they still grow up. And not only do they don't, not only they are they successful, they don't even consider what they went through as abuse. So we're not talking about that. Well, I don't want to talk about you know stuff that don't that don't matter. Again, I want to talk about neglect. Okay, neglect of abuse, an abuse period, and then with mental abuse. Let's talk about that. Mental abuse is me not allowing the mind is important. The mind is strong. The mind is where our thoughts are. And you have a lot of parents out there, they're controlling their kids. They say, raise your child up in a way where I'm not going to remember the whole thing, but basically just raise your child up the way they need to be brought up. But it don't mean control them. Okay, a child has to be facilitated and managed when they're younger, because, again, they're trying to understand this world. They are still trying to get used to this to this um, this ego type world. Okay. If you look in the spiritual sense, they say babies are really adults spiritually and adults are really babies spiritually because as a baby, you can tap into certain senses, but you still are trying to cope with this world. You're still trying to understand it. So that's why they need to be managed because they can be selfish. They can be kids are supposed to do that. Kids are your karma. Kids are supposed to test your patience. They're supposed to bring out your frustrations, how you stand up for yourself, your weaknesses, your your strengths. So again, you know, you you you're 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 managing your kids, but as your kids get older and they start to build their own mind, okay, you still have to be a parent, but mental abuse is when you try to suffocate them and control them and you won't allow them to grow. They gotta keep a million secrets from you. I'm not saying kids can't keep secrets, because even in a marriage, you can't tell us everything because we are flesh, you know, we human. Like, certain things we can't handle, but it's like you got to keep every damn thing a secret because we're trying to control you. That, my friend, is a form of mental abuse. So, man, we all have committed some type of, you know, abuse. We all have done it. But now that I'm getting it out, how can I get better with it? How can I grow with it? And just like I said, is you know, it's, it's flexibility, man. Like when I'm trying to get my rest and I'm just using this as an example, I'm trying to get my rest. And then, you know, my wife is letting my son get kicked up. He starts off yelling low. Then he gets higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Like, again, like I understand if I'm not there, you have to do things a certain way. But if I'm trying to get my rest and you are allowing that to escalate, where I'm at least trying to see what's going on. I'm not saying this is what my wife does. I'm just giving an example. Um, then now we can't communicate. Same thing and vice versa. I want to militant every damn thing. Okay? That could cause my kids to go backwards. Because my wife got them on a roll of talking more, expressing more, and then here I come. So that's why I say I have to see what's going on first. Sometimes my wife got to put that little bit of put that militantness in her. She got to. That's how I'm going to get my damn rest. That's how I can I can be able to work. And sometimes I got to put that empathic, that understanding in me like she do. I got to. 
so she can move on and do the things that she need to do. It's all teamwork. It's all teamwork. So it's forever learning. It's forever growing and how to keep a structured home. I know it's some points that I missed, but it was just me venting some things out. Thank you all for listening, man. I'll be back with another episode.